On this episode of A Soul's Quest podcast, we're chatting with Lisa DeLeon and discussing the trials she's faced in overcoming obstacles. Stay tuned. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. It is an honor. Seriously, it is an honor to have you here thank today. You for thank you me. for coming, <laughs> being a part of our journey, yes. our quest, our quest. Absolutely. Sorry, get it right. I know quest. I keep saying journey. It's no, mm. that's your niece. Quest. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's your niece. That's not what this is. I got you. Okay. okay. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be here. So. Yeah, and it's great to have you. It's great to have you. Well, yeah. we're excited to get to know you better. Yeah, that's the scary part. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. Not all right. at all. So we don't want to waste any time. So, you know. Je- Jesse, Jesse likes to just dive right yeah. into things, you know. But I get that from Omar because our whole thing is like Omar talks about being pitched into the world. Mm-hmm. So when I think about being pitched into the world, I think of like... Um, like a pitcher, like a, a real pitcher for like the Yankees, right. my favorite team, pitching a ball. Right. How fast is that? It's just, they just dive right in. They just do right. it. So I, I, I think of it as, you know, when I was a Boy Scout and a kid wanted to like learn how to swim, I would just push them in the water. It's like, <laughs> go terrible. from there. Yeah. See, you know. now mus- wasn't like, mine more wholesome? That's my husband's take. Okay. And that would be more of my yeah. Right. I mean, like, yeah, come on. You can figure it out. <laughs> Yin and yang. We right, compliment exactly. each other. Figure it out. All figure right. it out. This is what the, this is what life is like. Just figure it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> so... We want to get to know you better. So we start, we always start, you know, how you've seen our, one of our episodes right. at least. So we want to start with getting to know you as a young, young little child. You're probably okay. so cute. <laughs> I don't know. My mother cut my hair one time and I don't know. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about your, you know, where were you born? Mm-hmm. What was your family structure like? Brothers, sisters, you know, your and, framework. And we call this like the stage of dependency, dependency. right? Because okay. you're just thrown into the world. And, See, pitched. And pitched. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, she uh, was right. She was uh, right. She was <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so I was born in Tallahassee, Florida. All right. Florida State. Mm. All right. Um, my mom was actually a student up there. Um, my father, I was born right after um, he returned from Vietnam. Mm. So I don't have any recollection of my father, um, but I had an older sister, um, and I don't remember anything from Tallahassee. Um, we relocated down to I want to say Winter Park area okay. later on. Um, so that's where the story starts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how was what are your early memories of of um, Winter Park? I mean, Winter Park is a beautiful quaint little it, it is city yeah, it you is. know right outside of uh, north of orlando if i'm not right. mistaken right so my did you guys go to disney all the time to orlando library to be honest with you that's oh, what okay. i remember okay. so um you know i, I don't know where to begin so after um he returned from vietnam apparently he didn't return healthy okay um that's the story that i was provided with that he um returned as an alcoholic so my mother moved us to Winter Park where her grandparents lived. Okay. So, or her, I'm sorry, her parents, my grandparents. So we lived with them. Yeah. So we lived um, in an affluent area um, with my grandparents. So, um, and grandparents were amazing. I remember a trip to the 
public library, you know, all those things. Not Disney World, but you know, <laughs> to the enrichment activities. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. Enrichment, enrichment activities. I like, I like that. that. I like that. Or Disney's not enriching. No. Don't let, you know, who hear you say that. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But my, my grandmother was the sweetest thing, sweetest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so your relationship with your grandparents was really good. It, it was. Yeah. Um, they had very high expectations. Um, every time we went to my grandfather's house, um, and even as an adult visiting, he would always take us on the back patio overlooking the lake mm. and said, you have two options. You go to the military, you go to college. Mm. And there was there was nothing in between. And mm. that's what he instilled um, in every single one of us. And we're like, oh, my God, it's my turn to go on the back patio. We dreaded that. So really? that was like a like a, a standard type of conversation that you every, guys had? Every, every visit. Every visit. Wow. Um, um, and this was as a teenager all the way mm-hmm. to an adulthood, you know, into adulthood. Um, you either do military or you, you do the college. There's those were his expectations. And if you went away from that, um, was it sort of just like you went to visit and then he's like, all right, come on out in the back porch. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And he sat you down and said, all right, absolutely. This is what's when okay. he passed away. I was one of the grandchildren who spoke mm-hmm. and, um, I spoke on that oh, and wow. all of, you know, my cousins, you know, we all made eye contact. Oh God, you too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we were all really, and it was, it was every visit and he was adamant, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you do. You invest and, um, you know, he was, a, he was a very affluent man. And so mm. he made that, he wanted to pass that on. Yeah. And then, so the, so the, the way to achieve that in his mind was <laughs> either your discipline in the military mm-hmm. and go to the, go to, um, education. Um, what was your, your relationship with your mother? How was that relationship growing up with your mother at this stage? So grow, I mean, we had the typical normal household, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's, I guess the realness was hidden. Um, so I had my older sister. My older sister and I shared a father, the same mm-hmm. father. Um, she has more memories, of course, than I do. Um, and then my mother, after her, you know, after what happened, and, and we'll go into that in a minute, um, my mother remarried and had mm-hmm. my younger daughter. So there's three of us. We're all four Your years younger apart. younger sister. My younger okay. sister, sorry. <laughs> there's, there's three of us. I'm the middle. And oh, okay. we're all four years apart. Mm-hmm. We weren't close okay. at all. My really? sister's I'm not yeah. at all. Um, my mom, um, I don't remember any family photos. Um, no, I love yous, Mm -hmm. no hugs, no kisses, but I knew she loved us because of what she provided for us. Mm -hmm. Um, we had everything we asked for, you Mm -hmm. know, and and it's, it's looking back, it's, that's not what love was. Um, and I've learned from that since, but, um, yeah, no hugs, no, no hugs, no, I, no, I loves you. Nor, nor were you close to your sisters. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that was a product of that environment absolutely okay so just we weren't taught Mm -hmm. to be close right Mm -hmm. you know when you compare what i have now with my children it's complete opposite yeah so when you when you say that you guys you guys live in the same household right so what was the day in the life like that you 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 missed that interaction Mm -hmm. so my mother was a registered nurse Mm -hmm. um and a trauma nurse Mm -hmm. right here in in fort pierce so so my mother worked evenings Mm. um and slept all day so um we kind of you know fast forward to high school Mm -hmm. we were kind of did our own thing um and again, my mother was amazing. She provided for us, mm-hmm. um, but she worked nights and slept all day. Was a very heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, you know, did your thing. So got into our trouble and did our thing. So <laughs> it was, a, 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 yes, the guidance was there, uh-huh. but not the support, the motivation, and the 
you know. So yeah. so during this time, was there um, a defining adult or someone in your life that provided that guidance? I mean, I know you talked about your grandfather right. putting you in the back. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, someone that was there for you, was that? There was, wasn't. There wasn't. And we were afraid of my grandfather. Mm, okay. um, you know, my grandmother was nurturing, but my grandfather um, controlled that as well. Okay. You know, we would be in their household, and, and my grandfather would take us outside to the back patio, um, and my grandmother would say, oh, Joe, leave them be. And I remember this like it was yesterday. Oh, Margaret, it's fine. And he was very, you know, controlling mm -hmm. and... My, my my grandmother didn't work a day in her life, mm -hmm. you know, because my, my grandfather was a pilot and, you know, World War II and um, just invested. And um, and so she really had no say-so. Mm. So she was very nurturing. Um, and it's a, and I believe my mom is her father. Okay. So, hmm. so she's she has that same type of mentality. Mm. She, I think it was... It was ingrained in her mm -hmm. I, she knows no different she, mm. she doesn't have the nurturing side but what's interesting is that you said that your grandmother mm -hmm. was nurturing mm -hmm. so it it's interesting that that it's like he was the dominating one so that was right. the 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 right. gene i guess that went off onto your mom mm -hmm. and then so how was that because you said that she was nurturing towards you guys too how was that seeing that difference between her and your mom you know and even as an adult, like my mother, when um, my grandparents were getting older and, mm -hmm. you know, not doing well health wise, um, it's it still wasn't there mm -hmm. that, you know, that nurturing. My grandmother was always there for us, but I didn't see it with my mother. I didn't mm -hmm. see that connection between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How was how was the relationship between your grand your grandfather mm -hmm. and your mother? Did you see interactions between the two of them? Was no. there conversations or? It was, um, again, expectations and her not meeting those expectations. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, and, you know, when my father and my mother separated, um, like I said, the story that I was provided um, was that he came back unhealthy from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my adult years, a couple of months ago, that I learned the true story mm -hmm. behind it and it just it's just the characteristics of everyone involved you know it makes sense um i understand it now i i my heart goes out for my father mm -hmm. um for what he was put into the place that he was put into yeah. um but so, so tell us a little bit about that <clears throat> because you just you said that you just found out about it can mm -hmm. you can you tell us what what was kept from you mm -hmm. and how did it come about to the light Absolutely. So I, of course, am in the criminal justice field. Mm -hmm. um, I applied for, I was processing for the federal government, right? And one of the things that you have to do is, of course, list your names and, you know, everything. And then you have a background investigator come to your home. Well, I got, I processed through everything and he came to my home and he said, well, your, your name is not you, you know? And, um, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, and I provided my father's name, my father's, you know, bio my biological father's name. Um, and there's no record of mm. that name. And so I went to my mom and I said, you know, why is there no record of, of my father's name? And um, she s told me then, this was, you know, this was when I was 20, 21, told me then that um, he came back from Vietnam and, and not healthy and um, they needed to get us from away from him. Mm -hmm. I never believed the story. Mm. I never believed the story. And um, 
I don't know what it was. It's a couple of months ago. Um, I said, you know, I, I need to know the truth, you know, what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally told me that um, my grandfather, he, my father was an alcoholic. You mm-hmm. know, he was unhealthy. And um, my grandfather um, offered him to basically sign over his rights and uh, in exchange for not ever having to um, pay child support or um, you know provide for us mm-hmm. and and what hurts me is that you know the, his deepest and darkest moment of his life mm-hmm. he was taken advantage of yeah you know? and um and I don't um you know I don't look down upon him at all for making that decision because he wasn't well but I I look down upon my grandparents for putting him in that position yeah and um, my mother not stepping forward and stopping that from happening mm-hmm. yeah so what about Wow, that's that's a that's a tough realization to find out as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, now that you're going through this, um, but when you were going, when 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 they told you that he was just out of the picture altogether, mm-hmm. at that time, what type of interactions do you have with him? Do you was there any interactions that you had with your father? Any recollections? Any memories at all? None or, whatsoever. But you does your did your older sister have so any my, interactions? My older sister does um, have memories okay. of him. Um, so yes, um, not extensive. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until so um, he passed away um, in two thousand and three. I want to state, and his family is from New Smyrna, so of course north of Vero. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, no one ha- has had any contact in, in years. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of a sudden, his obituary was in. It made it to our paper mm-hmm. um, in, in in River County, mm-hmm. and um, somebody saw it and and brought it to us. And um, my sister and I, as adults, were able to travel to Massachusetts, where he was buried. Mm-hmm. And be present for his um, service with full military Marine honors. He was a Marine, received, wow. the, received wow. the Purple Heart, wow, and everything. And um, we met the family that we have never, never wow. knew. So wow. that that was truly amazing. So, so your dad was a a, a hero. He was. He yeah. absolutely was. Um, and, and then he returned. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Vietnam War was not our our our, our brightest moment, right? Uh, so he saw the darkness, right. Um, but your grandfather being a, a, a World War II veteran right. and understanding the trauma that goes with that, that was that was the decision that he decided to make. Right. In retrospect, looking back at that situation, how does that make you feel? It's taught me life lessons. Mm. Um, I would never, um, first of all, mental health to me, I understand mental health as an adult, mm-hmm. um, and I would never, ever put anyone that I loved or care for in that position and I really do feel that his, they took advantage of him at his weakest moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. It's devastating. Yeah, that's got to... So, realizing that, I mean, because it's a... Uh, after finding out and bringing all this to light, mm-hmm. was there any interaction with your mother as to questioning why this happened and why was this allowed to happen? Absolutely. And, um, and, and, I, and I did question her because of the story you know, goes back to when, um, I had my first child. So, and I know, you know, we'll speak about that. Um, there's a pattern of this behavior. And at some point we have to stop that. Mm -hmm. I understand that this happened in 1973, 1975. Um, but here we are in 2000 and 1996 and and 2000 and, you know, the same mentality is being carried over. Mm 
Um, and that mentality is, is, you know, is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I want to get into, um, well, you know, that was uh, the core somewhat of your family. And um, what about your experiences in the environment uh, in Winter Park? Um, your schooling, or, I mean, obviously that was elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was going to be my question. Oh, did you, what were you, did you have any friends? Like, so were you, because you, you must have had some. She moved us around a lot, you oh, know, okay. so. Um, Cause you said she worked in Fort Pierce. Well, so, that, she sh- so we were raised in, in Vero. Okay. So after they separated from Tallahassee right. you know, and she moved um, toward Winter Park, she had us in Winter Park at, at schools. And then that's a lot of moving, okay. a lot of moving. So mm-hmm. you didn't get to develop relationships or? No. I mean, my mom will tell me, do you remember living in, um, you know, so-and-so? I'm like, no, I don't remember living in Massachusetts ever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So no, there wasn't. Uh, I don't have I don't have a lot of memories of um so no like um school like outings or like friends coming over to spend I mean you, you didn't have very many friends so but once my mom finally settled in Vero and um she married um my step I guess you call my stepfather uh, my sister's um father um life became a little bit more normal. You know, mm-hmm. he was a, a U.S. postmaster and mm-hmm. my mother was the nurse and, you know, life became normal. There was expectations and I'm still no, there was no affection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, still no affection with us, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. um, and how old were you when, so they- this was goodness, second grade. Okay. So you're still the, young. Yeah. And then they separated, um, before middle school, I want to say they separated maybe fourth grade. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. They weren't together like too long. Um, and they separated, you know, not pleasantly, mm. you know. And again, my mother, my mother, when um, she was telling me about my real father, said something, well, I should have never let my, my dad, apparently my dad, her, her, I'm sorry, her father did something with her husband. Like apparently he, his influence got involved with oh, that as okay. well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My mother, you know, because of the financial backing, mm-hmm. um, my mother let him make all the decisions for her, mm-hmm. and um, you know, hurt a lot of people around her. Yeah. So, How was your relationship with your stepdad? Although he was there for mm-hmm. just a little bit, not not existent. Not existent. I didn't care for him. No. Um. It wasn't nurturing. Um. Kind of creepy if I can oh, yeah? say that. Yeah, <laughs> you can so say I ha- that. I have, this, say I have that. this really good vibe with people, right? Uh-huh. First impressions. I, I think that's why I've been in this field all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why she likes me well, so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really do. This, this, Tell this. me more specifically, because there's, you know, there's. I, I do believe that there's like that that your soul speaks to you yeah. when there's certain people and, and, and you know, it's like, okay, I could. Vibe. And at a young age to yeah. feel that vibe. Is yeah. Like interesting. You know, no, absolutely. What, tell me some of the things that kind of like led you to say, uh, uh-uh, uh, wait a minute. You know, he, just some of the things that he did and, and looking back, I'm like, what was he up to? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ever, ever physically um, touched, but he would like try to dress us up. Oh. Mm. I take photos. Mm. Okay, so just I mean, and, and, and it, it didn't go well, dress dress you up as like, what? Like <laughs> I have one. I remember this one. I mean, this is crazy. This one particular day. Um, I don't know, like dark makeup around the eyes, and yeah, yeah. And you're in second, third so grade. So I'm probably like fourth grade. 
I don't know why my mind went to like into like costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I wasn't even thinking they that separated way. Separated right afterwards, right afterwards. I don't okay. know what was going on. Oh. And again, it wasn't inappropriate to me mm-hmm. where I felt violated. Yeah. Um, but he was. Something was up. What What about with the other sisters? Was there I something? I never, I never saw anything. And my sisters and I again weren't close to where even to this day I've never asked my younger sister, mm. even to this day. And I guess realize that now I've wow. never asked her if she was. Uh, That's interesting. As mm-hmm. you got older, you know, get, getting into elementary, middle school, mm-hmm. was uh, the separation with your sister was still persist. It it did it did because it wasn't promoted within the household. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't you know. Um, Everyone get in the car. Let's go on a trip together. It was like, you know, my sister did her thing. My younger sister, I did my thing. I completely um, started to rebel um, because my mother, you know, we lived in Vero. Mm-hmm. And then my mother moved us to Bangor, Maine for six months. And then we came back to the same house in Vero. Mm. Um, so it was just weird, you know. And so I started rebelling and doing mm-hmm. my own thing. And, and um, Yeah. The, did you feel like there wasn't, I think a lot of kids will they rebel for lots of various yeah. reasons. But what I'm hearing with your story is that it was a, the the lack of affection. So mm-hmm. you didn't know how to, or di- weren't exposed to that. Right. Right. But then also not having that stability. Right. In your life. Do you think that added to? Absolutely. The, you you know? know, I do because I look, you know, I look back at how I am with my children and, um, none of them have rebelled. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I support them through those stages, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not that I'm saying I'm a perfect parent, you know, of course our children still do what they want to do, but they've had that, the guidance set, you know, they've yeah. had it, they've had yeah, the, like a foundation the floor or, plan set yeah, yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Can I touch back on something that you mentioned earlier about your grandfather feeling disappointment towards your mother and you mm-hmm. kind of like viewing those interactions. Mm-hmm. Now here's a, a woman that's a, a, a professional. Mm-hmm. Why was the disappointment? Why did he feel so disappointed towards her? He never did. I, I think, Everybody never did as well as he did, mm, right? Okay. Financially, professionally, um, he, my mother never met his expectations, you know, especially financially. Mm-hmm. That was a big, big thing in, um, in our family. In his eyes, particularly. Oh, absolutely. No, I was to marry um, someone of the utmost profession. Mm-hmm. It would be unacceptable for me to marry less. And that's, and that's standards. what, and that's with all of my, my cousins and myself, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just me. Yeah, it was everybody I'm the second talked. oldest of the grandchildren and there's, you know, quite a few of us and that's just, that's how it was. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Some of my cousins did marry, um, you know, doctors and attorneys and those marriages lasted mm-hmm. very shortly, you mm-hmm. know, because that's not what they were. That they wanted. They were yeah. conditioned to think that yeah. they had to do that. Absolutely. So, yeah. How were your, uh, your uncles and your aunt, uh, and how how are they uh, how do they how do they figure into this scheme that's interesting so they're amazing and mm-hmm. they are more nurturing and um and supportive and you know and and i don't want to give my mom a bad rap, a rap my mother was you know like i said she provided for us mm-hmm. right but that part was missing but my um she has an older sister and a younger sister her younger sister Josie that's so funny cuz you have a younger yeah, older and my, yeah. <laughs> um her younger sister aunt joe josie is the sweetest thing ever mm-hmm. you know and, and we still communicate and she still sends me letters and um you know the story about my son and um she was a supporter from day one mm-hmm. um yeah so it's just my mom was like the black sheep she was different and mm-hmm. but re- again my um my mom's older sister married a captain mm-hmm. right and so mm-hmm. he followed 
and he became a captain under the guidance of my grandfather. Okay. So my grandfather led that because he was a captain, right? The mm-hmm. Eastern Airlines. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then my um, other aunt, her, she married into a, a, a very wealthy businessman. So mm-hmm. they did what they were supposed to do. My mom didn't. My mom married. But, know, but you mentioned that, yeah. that they both they both divorced further down the line as well or they they're still married but all of their children oh okay yeah your cousins cousins yeah Mm -hmm. what do they make what do they two are you two aunts make of the situation with your mother do they have they said anything to you about her and 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 the the way that she interacted with you guys so i don't know if they know the true story about my father of course i don't Mm. know if that's ever been discussed because it's i just found out you know i don't know um, they know that my mother um, is like her father, you know, that has that harsher personality and that oh. harder core. Um, and so it's like, you know, we just, we brush it off, you know, when we're all together. Yeah. yeah. So. And you all do get, I know this should come later, but you do yeah. all come together. We and do. We came together for my, um, when my grandfather passed, mm-hmm. um, New Smyrna was a big, mm-hmm. big um, place for us. We always visited New Smyrna as a family. And when he passed, he had arranged for us all to come together as a family. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, so, and that was, you know, like I said, recent, and we were able to be around each other. And yeah. That's interesting because that's almost like a sign of affection. Yeah. That he wanted yeah. to bring everybody um, together, yeah. you know, to have no, that inclusion. That's interesting. You know, it it's is. A, it's it like is a contradiction. You're like, and he's right. not even here anymore, but he's pushing us you together. All to, yeah. No, that's you're, interesting. Abso- you're absolutely right. I, I wonder if, and this is not, you know, like we, we can touch on this later, but mm-hmm. I wonder if he had some sort of um, like epiphany or, you know. I don't know because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, not. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Never uh, mind. Well, no, I'll tell you why. Because, um, you know, as they started to deteriorate, as they got older, um, of course, they were in the nicest uh, facility, the most beautiful facility. But mm-hmm. he was the still the angriest man towards those, <laughs> towards those, por- to those workers. I mean, it, it was known on the floor. Oh Lord, oh, Mr. Simons, Mr. Oh. Simons. So he still, um, and he was honoring, he went out just wow. like he, he wanted to, like, but he absolutely did make, he did bring us all together. And, um, it was, a, it was prearranged that mm-hmm. we all meet, um, mm-hmm. at this resort for, you know, a nice couple of days. And wow. So, it was nice. so I guess you could look at that in two ways, but yeah. we'll go into that uh, yeah. on another interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's so, go out of now. What no, I was just going to say like, uh, okay, so I took it to the, ex- to the one extreme. So it's, they're polarized now mm-hmm. my thoughts, because at first I was like, oh, well maybe he sort of reflected on his life mm-hmm. and he sort of, um, saw hit, yeah. you know, how he behaved with his grandkids, his daughter, you know what it, right. And, but maybe it was, I just want to show my entire family that this is status. I brought all of you together. Um, I was trying to be on the good side of that, you know, or maybe my grandpa, my grandmother planned it or maybe, yeah, could be, could be. See, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, Like it could have been that too. So what do you, what do you think? Cause it's like, it's a good point that whether or not he had an epiphany, Mm -hmm. um, but to looking at it from another angle is why do you think that he was so driven I guess because of what he went through as a young man and what okay. he experienced, you know, but he was a World War II bomber and mm-hmm. um, none of us could ever hold, you know, a match to his fire. You know, I mean, mm. I think what he what he went through, he just expected us to 
be on his yeah his level. if i can do it you can do it yeah kind of absolutely besides the backyard conversation was there any other types of conversations because this seems to be one of those relationships mm -hmm. in your life that was mm -hmm. very formative mm -hmm. uh, if he could see me now mm -hmm. he'd be blown away because he had no idea um when i was in my master's program mm -hmm. he he you know he wasn't doing well so he he wouldn't have understood, mm -hmm. you know, he wouldn't have understood what we were telling him. But so if he could see me now and the role that I'm playing in education, it, he would be blown away. And how do you feel about knowing that? I did it for myself. Okay. So let's just, let's just get that straight. Get that straight. <laughs> let's get that straight. Okay. Get that straight. I did it for myself and I did it, for, I did it for my, my children. Um, yeah. but it does make me proud, mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't do it because he took me on the back patio every single day yeah. or every time we visited. Um, but he definitely, you know, was he at all in any way, shape or form some little bit of not necessarily motivation, but I don't have another word. But yeah. that person that was like, you know, like, I know you're saying you didn't do it for him, but did he give you or, or help give you that drive, so to speak, to want more for yourself? So as an adult looking back, yes. Okay. At that point, no, okay. I was um I wanted to not do it because every time I went there, that's all he talked yeah. about. Like, he wanted mm. to rebel. You know, what about everything else that's going on? You yeah. know, so he just needed to ask you about nothing. Yeah, what like, if I wanted to open my I own gotcha. business? Yeah. What if I wanted to, you know, it, there wasn't an option, you know? Yeah, and gotcha. and if it, and if I did, then my mother would have had the wrath of that. Okay. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. Because um, that would have been outside of what he wanted. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. It's you know? interesting. I wish he was here to ask him. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I do. So, so let's move into, I mean, we've sort of kind of skipped skip back and forth yeah. here, but let's go from, so you're, we know about your childhood and now we kind of go from your childhood, we go into your adolescence yeah. and a more uh, self-reliant stage in your life where you're starting to sort of look for the things that, uh, your, your interests, the things that, you know, you want to do, your aspirations right. and things like that. Talk to us about that yeah. stage. So I'm going to jump to high school and, and mm -hmm. basically in high school, I took a law studies class. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't love school. I was an average student, right? I was only what? there for which high school, very high school, oh, very high school. Okay. <laughs> class of 91. All right. um, so I didn't, I didn't love it. I was only there because I had to do it. Right. Uh -huh. Um, I wasn't involved in any, I just wanted to go to school, do my, eight hours and come home, you know? <laughs> um, but I took this law studies class and, um, I was, by choice. Yes. Okay. It, was, it was an elective. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and it, I was, um, I loved it. Really? So that and cops, right? <laughs> the show. Yeah. You know, you know what? to me, bad. it was, I don't know was if it you the, saw it. Was it bad boys? Bad yeah. Boys? Yeah, bad boys. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To me, it was point break. That's what I wanted to like <laughs> point break. Yeah. I wanted to be Keanu. Don't get him started. The surfer? Oh Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I never wanted to be in law enforcement per se, like enforcing the law, but I knew this was my thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so since I, and so my girlfriends, um, they were all trans, they were all graduating high school and going straight to the universities. Mm. Well, me, because school wasn't my thing, I didn't test right into a university. Yeah. So I had to put in my time at Indian River Community <laughs> College. Hey. Hey. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, I, w I went to IRCC too. I RCC. So, yeah. Yeah. Looking back at my transcripts, because I can pull them today, Ooh. it's hysterical. <laughs> and the class that I'm teaching now, I took as a student, Deviant oh, Behavior, my oh. favorite, my favorite oh, course. Wow. That's um, funny. so looking back, it's really, it's funny to see those grades. Um, so they were all transferring to, you know, to Florida state, ex especially. And I, and I, and I was at any river community college and, um, 
And then finally, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to Tallahassee too. I'm going to, um, I, I don't have my AA yet, but I'm going to transfer. And I went to Tallahassee Community College and I finished my AA there. Um, and I transferred into Florida State. And that's kind of where my story really, really, really begins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it begins. L- let's, let's, let's hold that for a second because okay. I want to go back. I'm like ready. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said earlier, right? Mm-hmm. In which that you, you started to be more rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, during your teenage years mm-hmm. i mean we kind of went a little bit further ahead and i want to kind of touch on that w- what was that like what what happened so my mom still doesn't know you really want me to talk about it yes <laughs> yes yes i want I, we want to hear about because this is part of the journey of becoming yeah. self-reliant the you quest. know the yeah. quest no absolutely <laughs> sorry um, no i mean just not listening not being home um running away mm. um hanging out you know there was a house four corners or four houses down from my house that was the hangout and it was all older um all older people and i was the youngest one there and mm-hmm. i was you know smoking marijuana and just mm-hmm. doing everything that you know we mm-hmm. did bon jovi mm-hmm. playing you know what <laughs> i mean i mean this is right um but i was there every night and i would run away if they, my mom said come home i would run away the police would pick me up bring me back home mm-hmm. i mean i oh. sat in a holding cell um so yeah, um, why why were you running away? Because she told me to be home. Because being stupid, okay. you know, not because of abuse or neglect Just or anything like stuff. that. Yeah, I guess you know mm. I, I don't want to be home at, yeah. at ten. You know, and you're not you home anyway. You're sleeping wanna, throughout yeah, the day, yeah. so why should wanna, I care? You didn't want to follow her, her right, rules. Right. Yeah. It's so funny to hear my mom talk about that period. Because my mom's like, "Oh, I cook dinner every night." I'm like, "Mom, you didn't cook dinner. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> For who? I know you were asleep or at work. You know, I don't know. What. Do you say that to her? Yes, <laughs> I still to this day. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, that's hilarious. <laughs> My mom had like four staple dinners, and I still remember those four staple dinners. You know, and what, what were they? So tacos, right? <laughs> spaghetti. Um, we used to have beanie weenies. Do you guys remember beanie weenies? Yes. No. Oh my right? god. Um, and then my mom made a really good like pot roast or something. But uh-huh. so those were like so yeah. That's I don't hilarious. know. Those are the four and staples. I, and I have to remind her of that because I mean I don't know where. And then she only cooked those farm few yeah in between. And, I mean, you know my mom worked hard mm-hmm. you know yeah. and my mom was you know was a trauma nurse you mm-hmm. know and um worked hard and um mm-hmm. but yeah we took advantage of her sleeping and working those mm-hmm. those hours but, yeah so i mean um i i got a car i did receive a car for my 16th birthday oh, okay um and not only was it a car it was um a 1976 camaro oh um, my god what's going on in vero and the 16 year old girl and, and yeah. fast cars i don't understand well, this so didn't, oh I didn't have it long. Oh. <laughs> um, so I was located in my car at um, a known drug spot. Mm. Um, and so law enforcement, of course, got involved. Mm. And um, I was sitting at Vero Beach Police Department and being questioned about where I was and why I was there. And apparently, apparently... They had some nice looking young man come to the high school and pretend to be like cool. And oh. he was really an adult. Undercover. Oh and I fell for it because he was a nice looking young man. Oh, yeah. And so him and I became like best friends. Um, <laughs> oh my so God. fast forward, the car was taken away. Wow. Isn't that 21 wow. Jump Street? Yes, I mean, that is 21 Jump that's Street. Like, True story. It that's an episode of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> was it a Johnny Depp lookalike? Or better. Remember what he looked like. <laughs> All I know is he had a party and it was like I had a condo. On the oh my god! Wait a minute, but isn't that, a tra- isn't that entrapment? Yes. Isn't that entrapment? That sounds like entrapment. I don't know. That but sounds like entrapment to me. So, so her, her car, your car, it was, was taken, taken away. away. It was. Oh, I, I don't remember if, if law enforcement took it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But I was um, nothing. You know, nothing happened with me. Mm-hmm. I um, thank God. Um, 
but it was a. How did your mom respond? You know, I don't even. I, I think the car was worse. Getting the car taken away. I don't remember her mm. responding. What about your grandfather? Never knew. Oh, he never mm. knew. Yeah, because we he, he there was a lot hidden from my grandparents a lot i was gonna say i don't think it sounds like your mom didn't really share a lot mm-hmm. of things with not him at all because she was the black sheep and Absolutely. she didn't want to be held Absolutely. to a like, what, what other things i mean what what other things do you rebelled you said there was a lot of things hearing from my grandparents <laughs> like I, i'm i'm nosy sorry no, no well i mean once i got it you know tallahassee of course that uh-huh. stuff but i mean i um you know I just didn't have that. I was sexually active very young, mm-hmm. you know, and I just didn't have that. Just didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing. Just like teenager stuff, yeah. like normal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's really not terrible stuff. It wasn't it's terrible, just, except yeah. for my car getting taken away because I was at a drug spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, um, <laughs> that was crazy. That's, um, That's an and episode it, of Cops right it there. Wasn't ama- yeah. and it was an amazing car. I'm talking like the wide tires and really oh, wow. black. It was oh cool. my god. It was a beautiful car. Wow. So you were like cool, cool. I was really cool. And then you went to a drug spot <laughs> yeah. unknowingly. I was I was led there. From you the know, record. I will say that was entrapment. I think I think we need to try. We need to we need to yeah, start I think a petition. That isn't, yeah, I think that I, is entrapment. Isn't that entrapment, right? I would agree. I, okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Yeah, because and this is the he had a party, and she. Yeah. Go, of course, she's going to go. But me. he literally was planted in the high school to make because he was good looking. So yeah. everyone flocked to him, right? And young. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he wasn't young. He was an adult. But he looked like oh, he, he looked the part. He absolutely looked the part, and we all came to his, his like condo. His parents were all down. I'm telling you, that's like a. 21 Jump Street. Yeah. I don't know. That's some that's, BS right there. Yeah, that's, that's okay. why I don't, that's yeah. why I don't trust high school kids anymore. So, <laughs> I don't so trust then, anybody. Right? <laughs> so you say that you moved. Okay, so you go to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. You go to community college. And mm-hmm. then so t- you, this is where your life really begins. It what does. Do you, what, what happened? It does. So um, I finished my AA degree and I was accepted to Florida State University. And so I'm a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, got pregnant. Mm. you know How, well that's that's a that's <laughs> a big jump it, it, it was a very big i was i was enjoying college um my grades were still average i was there to be with my friends mm-hmm. right and be a florida state seminal right? yeah of course um <laughs> represent florida state um what, what, what is it wait a minute there's what did this say uh about fsu about because uh, i know that, uh you see after said you can't finish what was FSU thing, thing back then? There was a little acronym for uh-huh. FSU. You know I what know, I'm getting at. We're not going there. Why? I want to <laughs> hear it. I want to hear it because everybody always says, UCF, you can't finish. That's not true. Is that when they talk about the free shoes university, when all the players were getting free shoes and all that? No, not the free shoes oh, that's one. When, that's when I was there. There was like something that somebody will remember okay. eventually, yeah. Okay. But free shoes, right? That's, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, mm. that was, they were under a lot of. Yeah, I was there when they were um, national champions mm-hmm. with um, Bobby Bowden. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, quarterback, uh, New York Nick. Uh, Charlie Ward. Oh, Charlie Ward. Yeah. 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 Yep. Right? Derek yeah. Brooks, Charlie Ward, all yeah. of them. You don't know. No, football. I was going to say, I don't think I know. Uh-uh. No, you're. I, know the, I feel like I know the name, Ward. Is he with the Knicks? He went with the Knicks? Yeah. Charlie Ward was a point guard for the Knicks for a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was really good, name. too. Maybe that's where I know it from the Knicks, but. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Not a. Mm-hmm. I'm a Yankees. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm, I'm football. I like okay. football. I don't yeah. like baseball. No, no, no. Baseball. Everybody thinks baseball is boring, but I happen to think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's important. There's nothing like a baseball that's game right. and a beer. Ooh. Anyways, okay. going back. So stay on yeah. track. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm. I. You know. So you get pregnant. Uh, yeah. I mean, and we were dating. You know. Um, 
he was um, a student as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he had uh, was a football player, but had been injured, so um, he wasn't actively playing football. So I got pregnant. Um, so here I am, a junior. I haven't been in Tallahassee long, right? right. Um, so obviously, I was enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are enjoying sororities and and all of that. And so I get pregnant, um, and I have to tell my mom, mm. right? So. Um, I, um, came home and, um, I didn't tell my mom. I told my mom's best friend first mm. and, um, she's like, Oh God, your mom's gonna, you know, your mom's gonna flip out. And, um, <laughs> so I guess sat my mom down and I, I told her, I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant and how far along I was. And the interesting story is, um, I was being, you know, protective. It, it was, um, <laughs> it's crazy how it happened. I literally had a nail appointment and a hair appointment that afternoon mm-hmm. and, you know, have to, I'm going to be honest, I had to, you know, you have to go get a, a new pack of, you know, birth control pills or whatever. And they do a, a urine test and I, I was ready to do it and go. Mm-hmm. And they brought me in to sit down. I'm like, why am I sitting? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. have, I have a nail appointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was like three months pregnant already. Wow. So I came home and I told my, I told my mom and my mom's reaction. Um, not only did I have to tell her that I was pregnant, I had to tell her that I was pregnant by an African-American man. Mm. The young man I was dating was African-American. And um, mm. that didn't go well. Mm. Um, she said some very hurtful words that I had never heard her say before. Um, and the first thing that you know she said is, is, my father will disown me. He'll disown me. He'll disown you. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, that pregnancy was kept secret although i was in tallahassee and they were in winter park that pregnancy was kept secret for um until he was two years old um and at this time my older sister already had her my um my nephew was the first grandchild and um then of course my son came along and um no one knew and then my sister had her second son Mm -hmm. and so they you know the family thought that that was their second grandchild and Mm -hmm. at that point i um I wasn't going to hide it for anybody else mm-hmm. anymore. I didn't care how much money you had or what you had over me or what you had over my mom. And, and that may have been selfish of me, but um, I drove from Tallahassee to Winter Park and here he is. Yeah. You know, meet my beautiful child. And and how was that response? So surprisingly, um, the response went, went well. They felt sad that I couldn't share it with them. Mm. And, um, <coughs> and, now, these were words from your grandmother or from, or from your grandfather? From, from both of them. I remember still to this day them getting pans and pots and pans out of the kitchen for um, him to play with, right, mm-hmm. while we're talking. Mm-hmm. And they um, were saddened by the fact that I felt I had to hide it from them. Um, but, again, remember, this is what they instilled in us in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is what they instilled in my, my mother, you know, the, the, the financial support that my mother needed throughout these mm-hmm. two divorces. Yeah. Um, cause she did receive that support from them. Um, so yeah, that's, may I ask, did they have, cause you said that, um, your father's or your son's, fa- I'm getting the, all these people. Yeah. So your son's father was black. Mm-hmm. Did they ever, um, express, did any, and, and any, part of your family did they ever express a sort of um discontent for you know you want to stay within your own race Mm -hmm. do you don't you don't do that you know Uh, so it was never it was never spoken about right because of course you know this college was my first experience um but when I told my mother her first reaction was you know derogatory yeah Mm -hmm. and 
that was surprising to me because I've never heard her talk like that growing mm. up. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we never were, were exposed to that. Right. And um, thankfully so. Um, but I think she was ashamed, mm-hmm. you know, of, yeah. of, of um, his father and, and said that my son would um, have troubles all throughout life. You know, being accepted because and he being was a, um, a mixed, biracial. Yeah, biracial. That she said mm-hmm. all throughout life he'd have trouble um, adjusting and being accepted. And um, so. and in her defense, that may have just been, um, just to play the devil's advocate, that mm-hmm. may have just been what she was brought up. Right. Um, understanding or, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely brought up. And then, and then, you know, like I said, my grandparents were supportive when I was at their doorstep with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know yeah. what you know, it was growing up in their household. Right. You know, right, right, I can right. only imagine. Now you went there by yourself. I did. Without your mom. I did. They okay. didn't know. I guess I, I was done. I, I was not going to live my life for anybody anymore. You yeah. were just fed up. I was, was just like, I'm not doing that. And my son was beautiful and he yeah. had no reason to be hidden. And yeah. what about the father? Where does, where does he fit in all this <laughs> yeah. part? So we built a happy little family mm-hmm. um, up in Tallahassee. He um, supported me uh, continuing to go to school. Um, did he, he stay in school too? He did or not. He, he started okay. working for the Department of Juvenile Justice. Okay. Um, and he was, he was a great man. He was like 6'3", 300 pounds. He was mm-hmm. a, a big, big, big teddy bear. And you're how big? Like five, <laughs> five, five foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he, was, he was amazing. We, we built we him. built a family. We, you know, got these little a town home. And um, while everyone was out partying, and like I said, sororities and fraternities, we had a family, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and... Um, um, so I grind, and and I have to tell you, Florida State. This one particular professor, um, her name's Doctor um, Bedard, um, was my mentor, and wouldn't let me quit. I literally was in there taking an exam, probably seven days after giving birth. Wow! And um, would not let me give up, would not let me quit. And I graduated with a, a one-year-old in the audience. And so, wow! And we still stay in contact. I'll see her Monday. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. so nice. We still stay in contact. Um, and it was That's her, awesome. I said, um, I was going to be her one day to one of my students. It was <laughs> her who instilled that in me, that I would never let one of my students ever, ever have anything, um, you know, stop them from. Mm-hmm. Like an obstacle yeah. or a challenge yeah. that you wouldn't I, be willing to help them absolutely. with. Sort of absolutely. Thing, absolutely yeah. not. So, That's amazing. So, yeah. So, so you, so you s- got, sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say, so you, you, you did, you finished school. You, you said did. you graduated. Mm-hmm. Did you guys you obviously didn't stay there. What so where what happened? Right. Next? So um so we we um graduated. Um and I we moved out to the Okeechobee area. Okay. Um I worked at a, a private prison mm-hmm. um as a correctional counselor. Um I had first went to Indian River County. We actually went to two separate homes because I went to Indian River County um and worked as a victim advocate there. Um, we had separated for a little bit, and then I went to Okeechobee, and that's where he's from. Mm-hmm. So he was there, and um, I worked at the private prison there. And um, when my son was five years old, um, it was President's Day, 2002. Of course, we have, you know, legal holiday. You don't mm-hmm. go to school, and you don't go to work. So I came home to Vero and was um, at the outlet malls of Vero, mm. and my mother received a phone call. And my mother... Um, got white as a ghost and I'm like mom what's wrong what's wrong you know and she's like nothing we'll talk about when we get home and so mm. the whole way home I'm like oh my goodness my grandfather passed away mm. how do I how what do I say to someone whose father just passed away right yeah. and so the whole way home I'm, I'm thinking in my head how do I console her what do I yeah. do and then um <laughs> and then we um we get home 
sorry. No, um, it's okay. <laughs> so we get home and um, my son is outside playing and it was his father who passed away. You Just don't make me cry. I need tissues. You want me to stop? For no, I'm okay. No? <clears throat> so he was five. He was in kindergarten and my son's father was 27. And um, although healthy... He had a massive heart attack that morning. And so here I am in Vero shopping and they all, you know, his family all thought I was at work and they were contacting the prison, trying to get a hold of me. And so although it happened first in the morning, I didn't find out till like six o'clock in, in the evening. Oh my gosh. So that's kind of, you know, you know, you just get the strength from, from within, mm-hmm. you know, you just, I don't know what, I don't know what overcame me. I still to this day, don't know what overcame like me that night. Um, I had to bring my son in from outside and, 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 and sit and look at his eyes and, you know, let him know as a five-year-old what had just happened. Cause he was, you know, his dad was everything to him. His dad played football. He was already in football at the age of, you know, four and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so his dad was like amazing to him. It came to his football games and, um, his dad's family is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, I just turned to him and I looked at him and um, I said, you know, your dad was like really big and really strong. And I said, you know, God just needed him to clear the skies and move the clouds out of the way. And that's the story I told him. I don't know what it came to me instantly. It just came to me because, you know, a five-year-old doesn't understand God and no. why God takes somebody. And, you know, mm-hmm. and my son understood and he understood that story and he was, he was, you know, really, really upset, but he understood. And, um, and all through his childhood, even now he's 25 years old. Um, that story remains. Um, my son, um, you know, like I said, played football, had very, very, very important championship games and, um, graduation ceremonies and birthdays and nothing, none of his events were ever rained out if that makes sense Mm, the skies always cleared at the last minute always um you know still to this day they they do and and it's his dad you know i can't i can't explain it to anything else and if you ask my son today he will remember me sitting him down and telling that story um he still remembers it and it's just it's it's just significant to our lives and Mm -hmm. um you know, his dad's always been there and, 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 um, he's very active in our lives. And, um, my husband accepts the fact that, you know, this man is loved, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. it's part of our lives forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like my son's graduation night, you know, it's storming all day long. And then, you know, the, the sky is clear. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, and sometimes you look up there and you're like, okay, I see you, you know, yeah. what I mean? you know, yeah. um, that's beautiful. But, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the story just continues. Um, you know, it, it just, there's so many more examples where um, where that guiding light has um, directed us, mm-hmm. you know, in the right way. And, and, and with my current husband, with my husband now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> I really don't know what to say. I, mean, I know. It's touching because it's, it's. Um, you know, through at the usually towards the end of these interviews, we um, uh, talk about death and the experience of death and your, you know, how do you feel about death? And it's like you, when you talk about your son, mm-hmm. 
going through that and having that mental um, strength at such a young age to have that mental capacity to understand, you know, like, okay, I get it. I have, you know, I had to give this person up, this person that I adore. He's the center of my world. He's everything, you know, and I have to give him up because he's this big, strong guy and he's needed somewhere else kind of thing, you know, and that's like, it's, he's proud of his dad. Yeah. His dad has a job. Right. And it's like to have that capacity at such a young age is really telling of the foundation that you have set up for right. him you know what I mean and right. the love and the affection that you've given him and both of you even when you when you you said you separated and mm-hmm. you know that you were still right close and you Absolutely. know what I mean like we you adore him still you love him and your yeah. husband now completely respects that that's yeah no it's powerful. a it's a big part of his life and um you know it was hard you know mm-hmm. it, 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 it there was not an easy day um you know I put myself through the law enforcement academy and you know I knew at that time Okay, it's on my shoulders. It's all me now. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, just used him just to keep, my son, just to keep pushing forward. And I haven't looked back since. You know? Something interesting that you mentioned was um, your mom's reaction. Mm-hmm. was completely the opposite thing from what happened previously when you said that you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. That she was supportive and understanding. Mm-hmm. What made the transition? Was it your son that made her realize the beautiful thing that came out of and that that ignorance at that yeah, moment. Yeah, I honestly think because I wouldn't have accepted anything less. You either have mm-hmm. the both of us, or you have none of us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I guess he was my life. You know, here I am, twenty years old, um, and he he was my life. And you either support me or you don't. Where do you attribute that that inner strength that 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 feistiness to just tell people it's either me, mm-hmm. us. Or nothing. I don't think it was until I was re- responsible for somebody else. Mm-hmm. When I became responsible for somebody else, um, you know, that was it. You know, there's no more, um, I'm not going to believe in what you believe. I'm not going to allow you to teach me to judge others. I'm just, I was done. You know, I, I, I am now responsible for my own, mm-hmm. and I need to build on that. Right. So, okay, so now we're in the maturity stage right. and, you know, we we're past, you know, the first part of your interview you talked about the death of your son's mm-hmm. father and whatnot. So now you're in your professional stage and okay. whatnot. So start, give a start there. That's okay. So, um, about two weeks after he passed, I returned to work at the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, the first day back I was, you know, of course, face to face with all the offenders who already knew the news. Um, and they were just waiting for me to say something, you know, I was, I was (laughs) quiet. They were quiet. Um, they had made cards, you know, sympathy cards and, um, just the sweetest thing. And I know it's bad to say, but it was the sweetest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I broke down and I just wasn't ready to, um, be in that population. I just wasn't ready to be faced with it. So I made the decision to, um, process for the, um, federal government Mm -hmm. um but then through the process i had to sign um what three states i would like to move to relocate Mm -hmm. to and of course none yeah i I needed to stay in florida because that's where my support system was yeah so i withdrew my my um application from that process and i relocated to back to my home to Mm -hmm. vero to our family home Mm -hmm. and i had to stay um with my mother for a year um 
very hard. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, you have a toddler. Yes. Well, he wasn't a toddler. He he was he was five. So he Uh was, but he was he was rambunctious. I mean, my son loved to be outside. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. He 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 preferred football outside more than cartoons inside yeah and so when you have them in a house in a, in a small home and it's not my home it's not yeah. child proof mm-hmm. right you're always on edge like oh god don't touch you know yeah so that was that was hard and then how was your mother with them i mean so the funny thing is still to this day my mom is not a babysitter mm. but my mom will give them what they need uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom will take them on a, on a vacation the best that they've ever had, but can't babysit for more than three hours at a time. No, she's so, not that yeah, person. Still, yeah. no. <laughs> you know, it's just and it goes back from you know when I was yeah. young. Yeah. yeah, it's not her thing. You know, yeah. I don't even know if kids were her thing. You know, now looking <laughs> back at it, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I love her, but it's not her thing. Um, so it was hard. It was it was a rough year, but they relocated. They my mother moves a lot. So they, um, my mom. What'd you call your mom earlier? A nomad. A nomad. That's right. Yeah. She can't sit still. True story. Um, My mom's in her 80s, about to be in her 80s and still moving around. Wow. Um, So they, uh, my mom moved up north. My mom loves to be up north. Um, And so the family home, we stayed in the family home. You and your son did. My son. Okay. Right. And um, I was able with my son's death benefits from his father. um, We were able to, um. I was, a, I was able to ha- have like a nanny, have so a, a support system to help me get through that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked for DCF um, for about eight years. And um, as an investigator, as an as a supervisor, um, that was hard because I, here I'm a single mom, but I missed a lot of events because, you know, 24 seven, if you get a call at five o'clock, you're not going to the football game at five 30. Yeah. Um, so that was hard. And he remembers that he still mm. remembers me working so hard mm. um, during that time. And mm-hmm. he, he doesn't um, hold it against me. Like he, hearing that's who you need to get here. Hearing his story yeah. mm. um, is amazing because he remembers just everything, the little details that I don't. Wow. Um, it's so, his perspective. Yeah, okay. it's so and, interesting. And it's funny because uh, young kids learn more by watching yeah. than listening to yeah. their the parents talk. Absolutely. So the actions and. And to understand that he sees yeah. that you were working hard, right? It's a good thing, and instilled good values in him. Yeah, yeah. he he expresses today. Um, so, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, working for the Department of Children and Families, the caseloads are 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 huge. You know, there's only so much time in the day, and there's you know the stress to meet the the um, standards is, is one thing. Um, then I had a supervisor. We had a very toxic leadership um, within the department, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, you know, I don't know if it was internal uh, deadlines or um, district deadlines or, or what it was, um, but there was just a constant demand of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, of course, we had to see with our, our victims within three hours or 24 hours. You know, there, of course, well, there, there happened, Florida yeah. statute. And, mm-hmm. we, and that that's, uh, but then there is the outside of that. Um, you know, normally when you have a case that can be open for 60 days, it, they were get it done within 30 mm-hmm. you know and and of course ensure child safety but myself the personality that i have is i would like to provide as many services as i can and i'd like as much time as i ha- need to mm-hmm. make sure the services get placed in the home so um so it just became a really toxic environment um every time the phone <coughs> would ring from um you know leadership you you'd get you'd get ill you'd get sick to your stomach you know yeah. it, it started to take a physical toll on you and um you have to realize okay 
what do I do? So I did speak to the EAP employee assistance and I had never in my life done that before. You know, it seems like a weakness, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the stigma yeah. behind yeah. it. Um, so I did do that and um, told the story and they said, you know, it will only get better if you leave. Mm. So That's crazy. it is. So I, I, I had to leave and, and that individual stayed for many, many, many years after me. Wow. Um, so I'm working on a dissertation myself on yeah. toxic leadership. So yeah. we need to connect okay. after this. No, no names though, right? No, no, no names. No, no, no. no. no names. No names. Okay. Pseudonyms. How, how, did, how did that make you feel? Because there's a lot of people out there that are, that are working under these conditions mm-hmm. and maybe they don't have the education or yeah. the means to segue into something else. Right. Um, and then they're stuck. You're never stuck. You have to use um, your foundation to build. Okay. You're never, ever stuck. Good. I mean, it might get hard. Uh-huh. You know, um, um, like I, I, you know, I was a waitress at Bob Evans um, for like six months. Mm. You know, I, I wasn't stuck. I just was at a standstill until while things were building mm-hmm. themselves. You're never stuck. Mm-hmm. You just have to... Um, if you're stuck, you know, there's so many resources out there. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's you, Good. right? You need okay. to move forward. Um, so I left the department and continued on my career with, you know, um, um, in the child protection field as a forensic interviewer. But, but I met my husband in, in that time mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. and, um, um, very early on, had our, our had our daughter. Well, wait, 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 yeah. wait. wait. Yep. <laughs> uh, we got time. We got time. Fast forward. But no, 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 no. <laughs> slow down. Like, you met your husband. Yeah. How did that? How did that happen? How? How did we meet? Yeah. How do you meet? How, what's how your was, love story? What's the love story there? <laughs> so our love story is unique and only um, shared with a select few. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Um, okay. No, right. just just it's, in terms unique. Just in it, terms of of like you you. It is a true love story. It okay. Is, there was a promise made, and um, years later that promise was upheld. It's a it's a it's a it's a true true urban love story. Okay. Um and um, it does it. I'm a um a woman of my word. Mm-hmm. If you say it that way, and um you know one day I'd like to tell that story. You know in, in a yeah. book, but um. Well, you said something about the eyes. It was yeah. Just the oh, eyes. yeah. Yeah. No, I that, think that's what he yeah, was alluding to. I was because she just. So, you, you don't have to tell us. You don't have to tell us anything else. So you my said, husband, yeah. You said uh, there was something about a gas station. Yeah. And no, gas so my and, husband has absolutely beautiful eyes. I'm, so I'm he a big captivated I'm a, you with his yeah, eyes. They're like um, like cat eyes. Really? Right. They're like yellow and really hazel and green and um they yeah they just the eyes are are those are nice. Yeah. He's um. Yeah, beautiful man. So yeah. that that got me. Um, <laughs> Did you spill gas everywhere where you were? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't, re- I don't even remember. Jonathan. I don't even remember yeah, putting gas. I don't even remember. Um, but he's. Um, she probably didn't pay for the gas or anything. Yeah. No, she just left. She just left. You yeah, know. It was. Um. It, it's. It's a true love story. It really was. Good. And um. Mm-hmm. It's. And I. And I. I loved it. You know, to tell it because. Um, it's a, it's it's unique. It's a unique, unique. St- you would be surprised. Good. Maybe yeah. good. maybe someday in the future we'll get yeah. that. No, I just want yeah. I just want I just wanted to find we out. We wanted about, to know yeah. about the eyes. No, yeah. yeah, and whether or not she'd actually fill the gas tank yeah. or okay. not. Yeah. yeah. And my kids have these beautiful eyes. Do they? Oh, they absolutely do. Really? Yeah, they do. They wow. do. Um, so it's it's neat. So you had a um, shortly after you guys met. We did. You had a daughter. So we you, did. Okay. Shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't waste no time. We did. I, said, um, I need to duplicate those eyes. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my daughter is fierce. Mm-hmm. My daughter has a very fierce personality. Well, um, she takes after you. Very strong, mm-hmm. um, 
beautiful young lady, very strong, yeah. um, very talented. Um, and then we, um, I turned 40 and I had my youngest. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome so, to the 40. Yeah. And he is. Um, What'd you say? You told me, you said earlier that now you're back in the, in the, the pickup school pickup line. line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> actually somebody else that is a mutual friend of ours. And she uh, was talking about how much she hates. Yeah. Oh, that car <laughs> pickup line is serious. It is. You know, <laughs> parents fall asleep I, and it gets ugly. Oh, it does. I got to tell it you, does, when I ugly. come home some days, um, I turn down a specific street mm -hmm. and there is a school there. Mm. And the line is going from the school oh, yeah. all the way onto a major oh, yeah. road. And I'm like, I can't even, t where am I oh, going to yeah. go? True story. That's bad. That's how it is in Vero. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just the funniest thing ever, you know, yeah. because here I am again. Yeah. You know? And you're like, people fall asleep on the line. Yeah. It's hilarious. It, I mean, it gets ugly. Yeah. yeah. You know? it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I'm sure people probably get impatient. Like we're totally off yeah. subject, but I mean, I can imagine. It's, it's a, I, I just find it comical that I'm there again. You know, <laughs> I really do. But my son um, absolutely completes our family. He is the smartest, gifted little yeah. man. Um, <laughs> so sensitive. Awesome. Um, he's just... Not my child, right? I mean, he's just, he's just so, so, so sweet. He balances you all out. He's, he's just, he's so sweet. Yeah. Um, and so when I, when I, um, I was 40 and I was like, okay, you know, um, here we go, you know, keep pushing forward. And I started my master's program with Florida mm -hmm. state. Um, and I completed that. And once I completed my master's program, I, I kept that promise that I was going to be that professor who supported me when I had my son mm. and I became that professor. And I, um, I stand by like my philosophy of teaching and mm -hmm. um my students you know i love to hear you know their reviews you know what they have to say and so then i um yeah i mean what, what would you consider to be your philosophy of teaching absolutely that every student be allowed an opportunity to reach their fullest potential mm -hmm. no matter um a single parent no matter um, a victim of abuse, mm -hmm. um, finances, that um, we provide that, that um, opportunity. W you know, who are we to say um, this is due at 4 o'clock in the morning, no later, when you have a baby at home who's not sleeping? Who am I to say that? Mm -hmm. um, if someone would have said that to me, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. You know, because I literally had that baby crying. My son, his, when he was a newborn, he was, his days were nights, his nights were days, you yeah. know? And it was, I, I, and I had books on my, you know, lap with him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's, a, it's, I want to provide the opportunity. I want to motivate you to reach your fullest potential. Um, and I want you to remember me yeah. when you, when you're an adult, I want you to say that professor pushed me to be here because that's my story. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So did you, so you, okay, so you became an instructor mm -hmm. or a professor, mm -hmm. and so you finished your master's degree, you, so you you finished your master's degree, and then you started teaching, or were you right. teaching, you, okay. You had to have your master's. To teach, um, right, okay. Right. So you started teaching, and and you're teaching strictly criminal, criminal justice. justice, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and where are you, like, are you, are you in school now? So I am. So, you know, if you would have seen me in high school, I, you would have never thought I'd still be in school, right? <laughs> Same. Never, right? <laughs> yeah. So I am. I am. Um, but is it, isn't see, it, I can't believe isn't that, Isn't there a saying that says education is wasted on the youth? Yes. And then there's a saying yeah, there that, says that. that says that. I don't know. But anyways, says, go yeah, ahead. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Right. I, I, I never would have thought I'd be here. You know, okay. like I, 
you know, I knew I wanted to be that professor, right? Mm-hmm. Like now I am um, in my doctorate program. I'm a doctoral candidate, which means I am in the very, I'm writing my research at you're, this point. You're mm-hmm. all but dissertation. Now. I am all the courses completed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask you just mm-hmm. to rewind a little bit. Yeah. How, what propelled you to make that decision? Because that's a, that's a huge decision. I remember yeah. making that decision to go back to yeah. school um, very, very vividly, you know, yeah. with Omar and um, making that like it was scary. You know, I'm going to tell you. So my my son, my oldest son, um, he has been when I was in my master's program and he was in school. Right. And and we would have GPA competitions. You know? <laughs> and I, For the record, I always won. Uh, um, <laughs> but he is. I don't know. At first, an internal motivation. Like I knew I just needed to take it like further. But he was like, "Mom, you know, you can do this. You know, mm. you've you've come." I remember when, and, and you know, we had four dollars and like seventy five cents, and it was enough to get me a kids meal at Wendy's. Like kids meal at Wendy's, the four piece nugget was literally like four dollars and seventy five wow. cents, and that's all I had. You know, he remembers that. He's like, "You can do this," um, and I just did it. You know, I guess I I just never have looked back. Mm. Um, so what did you think that going on for your doctorate would be sort of like a, uh, an opening for you to do more? Cause some people are like, I got a master's degree. I'm done. I don't need, we, there are successful individuals yeah. with their master's degree. So what, what was that, that drive that I think that's what I'm looking for was what was that drive that said, I'm going to go on for my doctorate because committing to a doctoral program is mm-hmm. when I, I always, you know, we, we work in academia, right? Right. And so we are surrounded by individuals who have right. a higher level of terminal degrees, right? So you think, oh, everybody's got a doctorate. Right. But then when you really do the numbers, there's very few people that have right. a doctoral degree and very few women, for that right. matter, that have that degree. Right. So there's sort of an empowering um, piece to that. But what was that, mod- what was that drive, that motivator? So... You know, back to my mentor, my, um, her name was, um, it wasn't Dr. Bedard, you know, when I had her as a professor, it was, um, you know, Miss Bedard, Mm -hmm. she became, um, she received her doctorate while I was a student of hers. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess once you, you know, you're in the field and you become passionate about a certain research topic, you want to fulfill that need. That's, that's, that's existing need. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, my topic is on this and there is a need for this topic and, um, it's the internal, it's the strength from within. I knew like, there's, this, I feel like there's, and it wasn't for, a, um, like a career because, you know, I'm happy, yeah. right? I, I'm, 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 I'm a professor. I, I'm, 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 I have the dream job. I'm a professor, you mm-hmm. know, at, on a college level with students that were, are just like me when mm-hmm. I was there. So it's just, you know, I, there was research that's needed, um, in a, in a field that's lacking, um, do you mind telling us what that is or is no, it something that no, is? No, of course. Um, so my dissertation is on correctional officer um, training. Mm-hmm. It's through the eyes of an actively um, employed correctional officer. And it compares the um, Department of Corrections training com- mm-hmm. to a regional training center. It's two mm-hmm. different types of. Um, and so I want to see um, in the eyes of the actively employed officer how their trainings, their different trainings impacted them with use of force, mm. um, injury, mm. stress. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of thing. And so, wow. and, and, you know, correctional officers, they don't realize this, but they truly are, um, 
the deciding factor with offenders. You know, mm-hmm. for someone, for example, like if you're serving, let's, let's say, 20 years, sometimes you have that same correctional officer for t- those 20, for 20 years. years. That correctional officer has a tremendous impact on that individual's Inmate. life, yeah. right? Um, and, and so s- their training matters in absolutely. terms of how they, okay. in, in regards to recidivism, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, in regards to mm-hmm. inmate behavior, yeah. right? Yeah. If you treat them in a firm yet fair manner, which mm-hmm. we are all taught to do, right. um, there, you know, there are less incidents of violence and, yeah. and that type of thing, but that's not what's always going on within our prison system. So uh, can, can I touch on something about our prison system from yeah. a person that kind of like works in it? There's there's a lot of talk the last few years about reform mm-hmm. and 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 the takeover of of prisons by and that 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 weird relationship between business private business and and public policy right. uh, in regards to how how jails and prisons are operated. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the reality in that in that convoluted conversation that keeps happening? I mean, the reality there's no funding. Um, you know, there's no funding to build, um, rehabilitative programs within a prison. So right now we're just housing. Okay. Um, and so when you house an offender for years on end with providing no skills, um, they're going to be your neighbor. They're going to be our coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. what justice, what are, are they doing? going back to? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so which goes back to that recidivism. Right? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the reality there, there's, there's no funding. We're, we're technically, we're housing housing offenders mm-hmm. um, and there needs to be more focus on rehabilitation on mental health um, our population of offenders with mental health diagnosis is mm-hmm. um, is extreme yeah. um, and um, many of them are not on the meds that they need um, not receiving the services that they require you mm-hmm. know um, so <clears throat> most people think that that our prison population mm-hmm. And I think it's 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 not really a reality, right. but most people have the belief that most of the prison um, population are for violent crimes, no. and and it, that's not the case. Right. And so when people listen to the idea of rehabilitation, mm-hmm. they think no, they just need to do their punishment. Right. What would you say to that? Con- again, these are all right. convoluted arguments that 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 the reality is somewhere muddled in there. Right. So let's talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on mental health. Okay, mm-hmm. the um the offender who's suffering from mental health. So you have an offender. Let's say he's not even an offender yet. You have a, a citizen who is suffering from mental health. Maybe he um was in a traumatic event and has PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um doesn't know where to get services from. Okay, so he's suffering. Um, he's suffering, so he's unable to work. So he loses his job. Mm-hmm. He loses his job, so he loses his home. When he loses his home, he starts committing crimes for survival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these crimes of survival are, you know, a burglary, that type of thing. Um, he goes into the jail, you know, our county jail system, and then he's released. And then he's trying to survive again. He's still homeless. Yeah. Still still in need of services, mental health services. Doesn't know where to go. Um, and so our population are is full of inmates who have committed crimes of survival, um, and unfortunately, it's just a continuing circle. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we do have um, mental health courts, and the mental health courts are um, uh, a specialty court that they recognize those offenders. That they try to recognize those offenders and provide those services, mm-hmm. so the the you know doesn't continue to revolve. But um, so unfortunately, you know, those crimes of, of struggling is what. Um, a lot of our offenders are what, what can you give us like a general idea what are percentages are really really 
uh, hardened criminals in mm-hmm. terms of violence right. versus everybody else. So I will say that um, our population is between um, 18 to 28, mm-hmm. okay? And those are drug offenders. And mm. they're a lot of times they're first time um, low level drug offenders, but because Florida has minimum mandatory sentencing, mm-hmm. these drug offenders are getting significant sentences. Um, so that's the majority of our prison population. I mean, yes, of course you do have those violent crimes, but those aren't the um, they're small that's population, right? right yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And so so the the so the eighteen to twenty mm-hmm. the eight that age group who are in prisons for drug offenses for mandatory. Mm-hmm. Where, where does the and again for I'm, I'm doing it for the audience. I know yeah. where, where did the mandatory sentences. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, when did, when did that all come about? Because it's pretty interesting. Stuff. So it came. So in the in the 80s, of course, under, under Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. um, we became more strict on crimes. This is when um, you know three strikes you're out came mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just say no to drugs campaign came out, and so um, it started then. And the unfortunate thing about minimum mandatory sentencing is. Judges have no discretion. So mm-hmm. if I, let's say. Um, so judges have no, they have none, no power. They have to follow. The, they have to follow these guidelines. Right. Okay. And even if they have a young, and I, you know, and I've, I've talked to many judges, even if they have a young man standing in front of them who has, um, you know, active in this community, active in his school, but he was in possession of a certain amount of, of, of um, oxycodone, mm-hmm. you know, he could be facing up to. Um, and it depends on what, like the grams that they're possessing. So mm-hmm. if it's if it's this, um, three years. If it's this, seven years. If it's this, fourteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that marijuana has um, recently been revisited, and it, I believe it's like twenty five pounds now for three years. Mm-hmm. But prior to this, it was a, a lot less. A mm-hmm. lot less. Yeah. yeah. So um, fentanyl um, mandatory minimum, but of course. No, no disagreement, no argument there. Mm-hmm. But even the smallest amount yeah. um, is, you know, three to seven years. Three wow. to seven um, years. Wow. Yeah. And this can be a, a person who, again, suffering from mental health, mm-hmm. who was um, self-treating. Um, or their medications ran right, out. Right. Or absolutely. And, and, and they became addicted from, absolutely. And, and, from and, prescribed medication. And it's a real story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, when presented with it, they, they have no discretion. The judges have no discretion. So, so they have really no... Mm-hmm. No authority to say, no, this is not correct. Right. So then how does reform take place? So reform is going to take place with, you know, um, going against these these minimum mandatory sentencing. You know, mm-hmm. the criminal justice system as a whole needs to be reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk. Yeah, I was going to say, you could have a whole episode talk. just on Absolutely. that. Yeah. No, no, we but this is, this is good the to understand because, stuff, again, yeah. you you see the 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 her personal story yeah. and mm-hmm. the feistiness to rebel yeah. and I mean, we can start with you know on the street with community policing mm-hmm. community policing of course has an impact on mm-hmm. um arrest rates and you yeah. know i mean we can we can start from you know getting the, to know your the entire system yeah. needs to be reformed yeah. from the very very beginning yeah and no i you know and i asked that because again you're bringing that approach uh, that, that approach as a teacher mm-hmm. yeah uh for the for the people who are going to be going into that system right. and working within those bounds right. to for them to be able to right. And I think that's a, way. a great perspective to have because I think what happens is in some um in some weird ways we don't teach our students that our our future law enforcement that aspect. Right. We don't. It. And that needs to be taught. Absolutely. So when you're talking about an individual cuz there's 
in, at least at Indian River State College, we have two ways that you become a law enforcement officer, right? Mm-hmm. You just go into the academy, mm-hmm. you know, you pass your testing and whatnot, but then you go into the class and you learn to become a law enforcement officer. And right. is that being taught in those classes? So surprisingly so, um, the curriculum, of course, is already developed. Because um, it's Florida statute or right. Florida Department of Law Enforcement, right? So we have to go by that. And so the curriculum is already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about diversity and special populations, you would think that the block time would be um, more okay. on, on that. Um, you know, mental health. Right. You know, mental health deserves Right. Yeah, it could be weeks. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I, I could t- I could teach an entire subject on mental health. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, so yes, you would you would agree that that's something absolute, that is sort of um, lacking because you know they're not prepared for that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, when a when someone is suffering a mental health crisis, to you know, to an officer, it may seem aggressive, and yeah. you know, and, and 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 not always is aggressive. You know, they're in crisis. Yeah. Um, and we have to respond to that crisis mm-hmm. um and so we definitely need more training on that and and i do think that one of the things that, that i have seen working mm-hmm. in public service is that um and i we might be getting off the topic a little bit but it, it you know it, it's coupled with what you do is that it, at at least at our at the college here indian mm-hmm. river state college that we've had a lot of um like seminars and conferences and things that have mm-hmm. exposed right um what is it when you to how to recognize somebody who it has autism right. and, and right. autism yeah. aware and and I think that has been a really proactive right. approach from the college to do those types mm-hmm. of things. Right. So having more of that, and the right. agencies, our local agencies, have been really a, a part of that, which has right. been a positive. Um, it's a benefit because right. other not only are law enforcement individuals involved in that, but so are. Um, other public servants right. and people that are involved yeah. in that community. I mean, we are we have the opportunity to um, instill new values in our law enforcement yeah. officers, you know, our up and coming law enforcement officers, yeah. And, yeah. and and I feel honored to have um, a part of that. Yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 when I and when you explain that to them, you know, for in my intro to criminal justice class, I'll say, okay, so you have a zone that you're assigned to. Do you ride through your zone with your windows up or down? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, up, up. They mm. all say up. And I'm like, why? Safety. Well, what's a window going to do for you? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, no, not, it's not. It's not. It's not bulletproof glass, my friend. It's not the bad movie. Right? <laughs> exactly. I said, you want it down. You want to hear your community. You need to hear, you know, the what's going on. And um, and just to see their, you know, them just welcome that yeah. it's, it's, it's I, I I'm honored to to be able to talk to them about special populations and the mm-hmm. elderly and the mental health and veterans um it's significant and mm-hmm. I wish there was more time yeah know, in the FDLA yeah, yeah. curriculum uh, one, one subject that ha- that I want to uh we talked about your profession and we're going to mm-hmm. get back so much some more into that as well your son Mm-hmm. Your firstborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go back uh, and touch into that because he's a he's a young man now, yes. right? Co- college graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about his progression? Um, kind of you being right along, he's being with you yeah. throughout this journey, and he's being able to see uh, those type of things and and. I want to hear some more. I want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So he's amazing. Um, you know, he's, he, you know, God love him. He's, he's, it's not fair what's happened to him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, losing his father and um, this is, it's not fair. And um, he played football 
you know, um, through age four, all the way through college, and then um, decided to transfer, you know, to a large university and, and stop playing football. Abruptly, he stopped playing football. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, end something that you've done all your life abruptly, you know, you, you lose the, the you, you lose your brotherhood, you, you know, you lose so much. And identity. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Your identity. This mm-hmm. was his life. You mm-hmm. know, um, this was my life, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and he had a very hard time with that transition, a very hard time. Um, but then, um, you know, he, he kept pushing forward. And, um, so here he's an adult now. He, um, he does, um, <laughs> he's so funny. So he started his schooling in criminal justice mm-hmm. okay. to follow my footsteps. And then one day I received a phone call, mom, this, this isn't for me. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm changing my mind. And I'm like, listen, you know, as long as you're happy and you know, that's all I ask. Mm-hmm. And so he went from criminal justice to, um, like music production. He's, he loves to produce and, and music. Oh, maybe he, that'll be our, no, I'm just no, kidding. He, 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 really, <laughs> yeah, he loves it. But he, he does, I mean, he works in the medical marijuana field and mm-hmm. he loves it. And, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, really working with marijuana? He's like, mom, no, it's not like that. You know, these, these people have stories, you know, they are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, of course you get these guys who, whatever, mm-hmm. um, but there are truly people who are dying and they're hurting and that yeah. are in pain. Mm-hmm. And he, my son is so philosophical mm-hmm. um, and he, he loves the stories mm-hmm. um, and he's passionate about what he does. He truly is. Um, but, um, you know, prior, I, I have to go back a little bit though and, and, and talk about my husband if mm. I, if I can. Yeah. Um, so my son of course lives in Orlando and I, and I talked earlier about, um, you know, his father and how his father has literally been that guardian angel. Guardian angel yeah. yeah. Um, so my son lives in Orlando and a couple of years ago, um, Maybe it's three years. No, is it three years this November? Probably, yeah. Is that? Mm-hmm. Hard to oh, believe, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So three years this November, literally days before Thanksgiving, my son was home, of course, for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And my son um, was a lifeguard, right? Um, and so he ha- he was certified in all those lifeguard skills, CPR and, and all <laughs> that good stuff. Um, and so he was at the house, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and um, – I hear my husband calling out for me like, babe, babe. And, I, and it took me a minute to wake up and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, not, I'm not feeling well. And I couldn't find him. I couldn't, it, the house was dark and it was the middle of the night. And I went into the, into our restroom, it was this large restroom, um, you know, everything combined. And, um, mm-hmm. and um, he was unconscious on the floor. Your husband my was. My husband was mm-hmm. um, completely unconscious. And I, of course, am panicked. I'm freaking out, but my son was there and you know, I, and I go and I wake him up and I'm like, you know, you know, he's, you know, help him, you know, do something. And I know what to do, but it's, you know, when it's your, what is your loved one? And yeah. it's my husband mm-hmm. and, and I've been through this before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here I'm about to lose him. Right. I've been through this. And so I am just not doing well. My son, I mean, saved his life. Like, why was he home that night? You know what mm. I mean? Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it's like, I don't know. It's just, again, he, he didn't, he didn't live there. You know, it happened that night that he was home. Um, and I just feel like, again, like his, his father, you know, while his father can't protect us from everything, what he has challenged us with has, is, has allowed us to build upon that. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my husband um, 
you know, I was on the phone with, um, you know, paramedics and they came in fire department. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they got there within seconds. They came in so quietly. Um, they didn't wake up my younger two children and they had him out of there within seconds. And my son, and of course, you know, kept him, um, alive for them. And, um, my husband went into heart failure. Wow. So here he is at 43 years old, um, heart failure. And I don't know if you know what an EF is. An EF is how um, your heart, you're pumping, mm-hmm. right? And, and normal, I want to say like 70 something. I don't know. Like uh, it's up there. My husband, his EF was 20, like 25. Oh, wow. So his heart walls had thickened to where his heart wasn't pumping. And I mean, he was fine. He was fine the day before. He was fine the months before. Mm-hmm. Um, no signs at all. Nothing. Um, but my son was there. Had my son not had been there, I would have lost my husband. That's crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. It just, uh, it just killed me because, you know, I am like, I cannot do this again. I cannot. I it's can't. almost as if, and this is very existential, and yeah. I'm not an existentialist at all, yeah. but it's, um, it's almost as if your son's father, mm-hmm. being the guardian angel, mm-hmm. by what you're telling us, mm-hmm was there like it's almost like he he is happy that you have moved on Mm -hmm. your son is successful you're doing Mm -hmm. your thing you've remarried to this really great guy who takes care of you has accepted you and he wasn't ready to leave me alone that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and i it's just very existential like like weird to talk about it but not weird no, um, it's a beautiful he, story. He, he wasn't ready to leave me alone. He <laughs> knew the hurt that I had been That's what I'm saying. Before, it's like he knew. And I wasn't ready. And he's like, this guy is, this is yeah. your guy here. You need to, you I know wasn't, what I mean? I wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I got weak and I, I got, um, you know, I was spoiled in my life. I maybe like a reminder to, you know, stop taking things for, and I, I wasn't taking things for granted, but a reminder just to be grateful for what you have, what you, have yeah. Yeah. you know, and, um, yeah. Yeah, he didn't take he didn't take him. I didn't, I didn't lose yeah. him, and um, and he, that your your son has the wherewithal to yeah. sort of be like, you know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. save this man. You know, he, I'm gonna do what I got to do. He jumped right in. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, he jumped right in, and so my husband was in the hospital for you know a week, and we missed Thanksgiving. My husband and I had Thanksgiving in the hospital oh. together. Um, but when he got home, um, I did the whole Thanksgiving dinner, the, you know, the decorations on the table and, and, and this is our new normal, yeah. you know, he is on, um, he is on meds and he, he, he does have arrhythmias that bring him back into the hospital and, um, it's my new normal mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. I'm prepared and, um, you know, every day I, I make decisions and, um, I'm prepared, you know, I, I'm okay. And, and. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So if it happens, you know, it's I'm okay. The, let's not go in wood. No, absolutely. Yeah. Literally. Then no, nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I that can only ask my guardian to protect me to for so protect long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know what, too? And, and again, this is very existential, and yeah. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying, you know, whatever, yeah. but there's this weird um, thing that I take away from this is that, it, you know, like, I'm not a religious person, yeah, um, but I definitely believe in in an energy that we Absolutely. all have, and I think that there comes a point where you 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 don't reach that level of 
right. you know, actualization or anything like that. Cause that's not, it doesn't happen, but that right. you complete, you, you continue to evolve and you become stronger yeah. and you start to accept things and you, you understand. And so it takes you to this different level. It's like this weird, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's almost like no that energy knows, yeah. you know, no, I absolutely, um, I absolutely agree with you. Um, Even though you never want that to happen. Yeah. You no. know what I mean? And, you know, I, and I had to, we had to change a lot of things. Yeah. You know, we had to um, downsize our home because, you know, I, I could have, you know, we could have, I could have lost him. You know, mm-hmm. I had to downsize our home. I had to be prepared in the event um, to be, you know, Yeah, you had to start thinking again, about you this. Know? Yeah. Um, and, um you know, I'm just grateful for every day. It just yeah. reminds you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he knew I wasn't ready to be alone again, and um, and and it and it was him. And 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 you and I have talked about this. I'm not you know extremely religious, but I do know there's a higher power, and I and m- that power you know is this you know young man. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. I'm very grateful to have to have him. It's funny yeah. because we we usually ask that question mm-hmm. in our interviews, you know, what is your, you know, how do you feel about death and mm-hmm. and the 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 it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to mm-hmm. all of us and you know, you sort of answer that in, yeah. in Well, I'm scared. Of course. I'm scared because my son um and my 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 children are equal to me, of course, mm-hmm. right? But my oldest has been through so much that I don't want to leave him, you mm-hmm. know, and um and just recently in March, um, my son was a victim of a, a, a violent armed robbery. And, you know, here I am and I, I um, teach mental health and, you know, how to, there's a stigma, but you, we got to get around that stigma. You need to get help. And, mm-hmm. um, and um, he didn't, he didn't tell me, he didn't let me know until like four days after the event. Because you know his mom would have came and packed him up and moved him home, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I would have. Uh-huh. Um, so he didn't tell me, but he was also now I know that he was in his darkest, darkest, darkest moment. You yeah. know, and um, and getting mental health treatment is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it's expensive. There's waiting lists, and, yeah. and and to navigate through that is not an easy task. And um, I I mean I literally spent you know, over a week trying to find a perfect therapist that would, that specializes in, P- in PTSD. He has been since diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course it's now he's, um, the treatment has been, um, it's even more extensive. Um, but he said to me the other day, he's like, you know, when does it stop? Um, like when does the, like, when do I get like a, 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 a real shot, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't, you know, all I could say is, um, you know, it's coming, you know, all these things are happening because it's, it's making you stronger. If your dad helped you through, now your dad kept you alive that night because the, this man had um, a gun to his head and wanted keys. This happened outside of his work and he wanted mm-hmm. keys, a dispensary, mm-hmm. you know, millions of dollars of, of inventory. Are in One inventory, yeah. And he said to him, are these the keys to inside? And he's like, I can get you the keys, you know, these are the keys to the door, but you're not going to get, I don't have keys to inventory, you know? And, um, you know, my son um, had to throw everything on the ground. And he's like, Mom, I wanted, when he went to pick up everything off the ground, I wanted to kick him. I know, yeah, I want to kick, you know, I wanted to kick kick him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I know 50% of robberies with a firearm and then a death, yeah. either of the victim or of the, you of know, course. offender. And, and 
you know, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, he didn't. And, and because the story could be different today, mm-hmm. but he's like, mom, when, you know, when does it, when does it stop? I'm like, you know, um, you were protected that night. You mm-hmm. know, your angel was again there for you. And if he, if he solves every problem, you have nothing to build upon. And I know it's hard for you to see this, but it's building you. It's, it's allowing you mm-hmm. as an adult when I'm not here to still persevere through all of these things, you know, and, and I know it hurts and it hurts me because, you know, I'm a, every time my phone rings, you know, I'm, I'm scared to death, you know, yeah. what, who could be calling me? I'm scared of the police knocking on my door yeah. and telling me that, you know, he did succumb, you know, succumb yeah. to his <coughs> mental health. Um, so it's, just, it's tough. Let me, let, me, let me ask, are there any issues with him? I mean, he's a football player for some time Yeah. with, is there something in there with that that kind of you know that that worries you too? I yeah, mean, you spend abs- a long time. Absolutely. Um, so um, CTE is what I believe ab- it's called. No, right? I know exactly where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so my son, of course, did suffer um, many concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, that's a concern. And as a matter of fact, and and um, we have had this discussion, him and I, that um, in the event that he does, um, you know, pass before myself, that I would donate to the. Um, research of CTE mm-hmm. um, because, you know, this PTSD um, is profound. Yeah. But then when you couple that with um, head injury yeah. um, f- from years and years on end, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the PTSD has made him um, more aggressive um, and, and not to where he's violent towards anyone that he cares for, but he's more agitated more easily. Mm-hmm. And this is a very laid back young man, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, He's quick. He's quicker to anger, and um, you know it's. And, it, and it's interesting that you say that because some how the, how everything connects because if he, what if he comes across a, mm. a police officer that mm, never exactly. had that training? So it, you know him being biracial, having so, all those dots. So that's been that's so his therapist is amazing, mm-hmm. um, absolutely amazing. And one evening we were worried for him, and she, and I and she and we both agreed. You know I can't do a welfare check on him. I'm not going to send the police to his home mm. because what happens when the police do knock on his door here? He's six, three. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's, um, he's aggravated. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's, um, agitated. He's aggressive, yeah. you know, and, and, but he's hurting. Yeah. He's truly suffering, um, yeah. truly suffering and he'll never be the same, you know? And I, and, um, and I didn't, you know, I had to get him on the phone. Um, I think I called someone to go over there and, um, like a friend, a close yeah. friend of his, and to go over there, and um, and I was there the ver- I was there the very next morning, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I would, I knowing what I know, and the lack of knowledge with that special population, I was not going to call a welfare check in. Yeah. Now, had it been, um, absolute, you know, had it have, if I if he had stated to me a plan. And of course, uh, you yeah. know absolutely. I mm-hmm. I would have, uh, but not as a, a as a welfare check, just mm-hmm. to, because he wasn't answering. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Correct. I, I would have never. But no, CTE and um, head injuries and concussions, um, absolutely are they compound. That. Absolutely are absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, alone. Right. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Alone. And now, when you're Couple dealing with, with yeah a wow. diagnosed mental health. Um, yeah, with PTSD. Yeah, wow. but he's 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 an amazing young man. He has. Um, amazing goals he's uh, he's grounded um and you know he'll, yeah. do, he'll do good things yeah, yeah for sure he'll, he'll do better he'll 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 be fine yeah uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure he would i mean i think that that he's overcome a lot yeah, yeah. 
yeah, to go wonderful. through something like that. But it has to stop, you know? and, yeah. and, and I'm on his side. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, that's it. when he asked me that, mom, when does it stop? When, yeah. when, when will that, when, why me? Yeah. You know, and you don't have that answer. Like, I don't know why you, but all I can say is, you know, it's just, it makes you, it, what I went through made me stronger. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you look up to me because of my strength. Like he'll tell you I'm the strongest person, strongest person you ever met. Mm-hmm. But what I went through made me this and what he's gone through is going to make him the most amazing man, father, husband. Yeah. Um, so definitely. definitely. Yeah. We talked a lot about things in life, mm-hmm. you know, and like I t- we, t- we spoke before about what the purpose of this podcast is. Mm-hmm. It's really to find find commonalities mm-hmm. in a in a person's life, and so I want to ask you just a few questions based on what you've learned mm-hmm. in certain periods that you are able to carry on to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned your. But you have to. You got. Does she know about the ski r? Do should so, I? No. Oh, you want me to do that? Yeah, okay. that's how we. Uh oh. He's trying to break out of what I'm, we normally I'm, do. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm throwing me off. I'm off today. I'm just kind of like, just, and, I'm and just going with it. I gotta tell you, it. he has taken me out of my moment. And I've been like, huh? Well, wait. I'm time. I want to, like, can we stop? Time out. I don't. I, yeah. He's throwing me off. This is, I mean, this uh, is the part where yeah. we go through the skier reflection. Mm-hmm. And this is something that Omar has um, developed. So I like it when he talks about it because this is his. This is his baby. So the word skiar <laughs> um, is a Latin word that stands for known or what has become known to us, mm. right? And I like the, uh, I, I was doing an acronym one day and, and, you know, you talk about separation or solitude, you know, spending time by yourself in those dark moments, mm. you know, when you're by yourself. Um, the, the confronting of situations, the the integrating those situations into your life, uh, having the an awareness of what this means to you, and then continuing your return to continue to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask certain question, a couple of questions, and when you reflect into the different stages in your life, like like your early stages, um, understanding the reflecting on your pa- on your dad, mm-hmm. your bi- biological dad, right. um, reflecting on on your grandfather and that, that idea of the male mm-hmm. figure in the person's life. What is the biggest takeaway up to this point that you have gotten out of that interactions with those, in, with those two individuals in particular? Yeah. So it was life lessons. Um, I w- to always, always, um, and still, um, just that, 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 foundation in your in your own children mm-hmm. never ever have them afraid never have them afraid to approach you with anything um never um set expectations that that they're, they're not their own mm. you know um just be that support system be that motivation i am uh, you know i guess i don't, we, my kids are, have been taught not to judge others um and, and um it's just you know it's i don't know i don't know how to I guess I won't let what happened to me happen to them ever. Mm-hmm. And I hope moving forward that they have learned the same and they will continue their lives with the same thing. They will be the same person and um, provide the same opportunities that I provided to them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if that makes sense. What is, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say it makes total sense because yeah. I, I mean, I know that m- most mothers yeah. um, will say, I, I just want, like, a, it's almost like you're saying, I want them to have a better life, yeah. a better, you know what I mean? I don't mean? want my children afraid to tell me anything. Right. That you right. want to be a support system. You right. want to be that person to them right. that they confide and in. I and I want them to be proud of what they have, yeah. you know? And, um, and that has to come with not having that, um, disposition of judgment and and having the expectations that you're talking about and whatever so that's yeah and my kids um I mean they'll they'll tell you that you know um they're very open with me you know of course they have their 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 thing their thing their kids secrets and I get that kid secrets um you know but (laughs) they know you know if if you're you know in high school you know and and if if you're somewhere at three o'clock in the morning and and you are unsafe. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. You call and mm-hmm. we will get you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um just you know, just, and, and I know a lot of parents say that, but we don't do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um and and I'm just not going I, I won't ever I won't <laughs> I had to hide my son for two years. Like yeah. I literally hid my son. I would never, ever, ever ask that of my children. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's just you know, building the foundation of what, what's to come. And that's really cool because it kind of, you don't, you talked about hiding mm-hmm. your son because you, um, that leads into the, the confronting mm-hmm. portion of the ski R because you, that was a, a situation where you had to confront, mm-hmm. you know, your grandfather and, and just expose this yeah. big secret, you know? Yeah. So tell us about that. The lessons that you learned, yeah. like what well, the importance of confronting yeah. situations. Stand up for yourself. You know, I, I am not one to be taken advantage of. Um, and it wasn't until I had someone where I was responsible for that, um, you know, that it was so significant, you mm-hmm. know. And, and um, but I don't want people to think that just because they do not have someone that they are, you know, because because they don't have someone that they're responsible for to stand up. Yeah. Stand up for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked earlier about getting stuck. You're never stuck. Um, you know. Yeah. What about um, your mentor? Mm-hmm. Um, she, she, you, you're, you're modeling a lot of your professional career on on the on the kindness mm-hmm. that she showed. What do you? What can you say something to that? Because that's always a powerful thing. Because there are people that come into our lives in certain situations that are pivotal, and they either make us go one way. Right. And the or the makers go another way. So can you expound just a little bit? Tell us a little bit about the lessons learned from that. Yeah. And how are you continuing to live your life based on that simple act of kindness? Right. Just the, the support. Um, this professor went out of her way to make sure that we were successful. Mm. I mean, you can stand in front of a class and you can lecture, right? But this professor took us into the prison system on her own time at night. She had two small kids at home. Mm. Um, Just the outpouring of support. And she wanted to be there. It wasn't for a paycheck. You know, this was her passion. And, um, and, you know, she wrote, uh, I remember, I still have this letter of reference from 1998. She wrote a letter of reference for me that said, um, you know, Lisa, um, you know, just symbolizes, um, you know, she, she's weighing academics and parenthood. And uh, she is, you know, just amazing. Mm-hmm. And when to hear her say that about me, um, when I thought that about her, you <laughs> know, mm-hmm. was just, you know, and when I, and I, when I, we connected again, you know, we've stayed in contact, we, we connected again recently. And I said, you know, you're why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I said, you, you know, do you know that? He's like, oh, you know, 
no, Lisa. I'm like, no, you are truly like why I'm here. Like you were for, from the very beginning of my story. You know, if if it wouldn't have been for her support and her role yeah. um, at Florida State, um, I wouldn't have continued school. Like, well, how could I have? Mm-hmm. You know, who would have allowed me to bring my newborn yeah. to class to take a, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, God knows what would have happened with, you know, with that. Good, good. Um, One existential question before I, I will, we'll go into your future and mm-hmm. what what's what, are, what do you have planned? What are you working yeah. on? She got big plans. I know. I want to hear those. <laughs> what, are, what, what are your thoughts on, I mean, you experience so much and I mean, I, and people experience so many things and there are so many nuances in the way that life is developed, you know. What are your thoughts of the origin or the origin and the meaning of life? Mm. Probably the wrong person to ask because <laughs> I, I feel like it's I'm being tested, right? No, I mean, no, no test. No, no, test. no. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, personally, you know, the meaning of life has been the meaning of life is and so valuable. I mean, it's been taken from me mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. it's been taken for it almost was taken again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I'm so grateful. You know, I get, I, I get upset because um, so many people take it for granted and I'm just, you know, in the moment, you know, and um, it's, it's until you've lost it, until you've, <laughs> I still have that outfit I wore to his funeral <laughs> until you've been there. So... It's, it's I don't know. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask because um, it's it's I've almost lost it, you know, a couple of times, and I have lost it. So I guess feel like it's the meaning of life is just to get, continue, just just take that hurt and keep pushing forward and building, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did right. Thank goodness. I don't know. I can't even take credit. Like, I don't know where the strength came from to keep pushing forward. But I'm glad I had it. <laughs> nope. Go ahead. It's going to make me cry. <laughs> I don't, I've never cried it in an interview. <laughs> I, I One thing that I would say just to expound on that is yeah. that um, <clears throat> when I listened to what you just said just now and um, your story, I... Um, feel like there's this like a lot of people really do take life for granted yeah right yeah. um some people just think it's you know completely meaningless and yeah. whatnot and don't see the beauty in the little um nuances and yeah. the little and 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 the how because life can be and um, negative, tenuous. negative yeah look on mm-hmm. Ten- life can be difficult it's tenuous yeah. it's it's never um consistent you know there's you can wake up tomorrow morning and it's like jesus christ the car isn't starting and all this stuff you know just stuff that just throws everything off and i had an experience like that this week and i was like i refuse to allow that to define my whole day right and it's so like so little compared to what you have been through you know because i have not really lost anybody um so i don't know what that is but i definitely think that life has so much beauty in it right and i think that that's what you're if 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 i may no absolutely that you're trying to to convey the message that 
you've lost right something that has been valuable. You almost lost something right. else that has been valuable to you, and you have right. instilled all of these things into your children. Right. Um, and then you've gone through what is not a loss, but could have been right. with your son. And so there's this value that you place on life yeah. that a lot of people take for granted. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's hard to be around those. I mean, it, honestly, it's hard to be around those individuals because, um, you know, negativity is just so toxic, you know, and, um, and I don't, you know, and I don't wish for anyone to go through what I've gone through. Um, but it is, it's hard to, it's hard to see people react to, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny because, you know, even now, you know, if I get, um, you know, I have a lot going on, um, you know, I guess I look at my husband and I, you know, just say, he's so good. I look at my husband, I'm getting a little overwhelmed, you know, and that's just when I know things are, um, starting to affect, you know, starting to affect me and, and he just steps in and he takes that cue and he, you know, and, um, it doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. I hate to ever be weak. Mm -hmm. Right. But every now and then I'll just get like a little overwhelmed and I'll say, I'm just getting a little overwhelmed. And, um, and my kids know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, I get mom just needs, you know, maybe to go cry for a second or, yeah. um, mm -hmm. but no, you're absolutely <coughs> right. I feel like, um, people do take life for granted and, um, it's unfortunate, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, we all, all of us have so much to lose, you right. know? Um, so it's, it's sad. But I think, and I think that speaks to that individual who is watching this yeah. and, and hopefully will walk away and reconsider. Yeah the value that they have in their life. Because I think a lot of people do feel like they don't have a lot of value for different reasons. Yeah. And I would never pretend to be that person and be like, come on, you got to right. pull yourself up and do, right. because life is hard, you right. know, and everybody has a different um, way of dealing with things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but just to speak to your story, to have the wherewithal to just say that, you know, I'm going to, every day is valuable to me, yeah. no matter what, you know, just, that's why I value your time here with us right. now is because I know that your time is, you know, valuable. So, yeah. so I do have a final <laughs> question. Um, and because this, this thing, you know, this is a, an amazing story, mm -hmm. an amazing quest mm -hmm. to be where you are right now, to be able to have, to be able to pass this, what you've learned, not just ac ac academically, mm -hmm. but personally, pass that down to both your family your children which share it with your husband but also sharing it with people that will be going out there mm -hmm. and, and and be a part of our society um, and those are those are beautiful markers mm -hmm. in your quest of life but i do have one final question to you for you can you tell me about move the clouds and clear the skies oh goodness absolutely so the tissues jesus <laughs> so um yeah, so not that long ago, a couple of um I don't know, I don't know what it was. I was on the way to work a normal morning and grief just overcome overcame me. Mm. Um and I'm and I'm starting to cry on the way to work and um I get into work and um I have this most amazing coworker um and and we've been through a lot together and I look at her and as soon as I look at her, she knows I've been crying. My eyes, my eyes <laughs> are, course. you know, of course they're red. Right. Nah. And so, you know, she says, are you, I don't know if she says, are you okay? Or she hugged me or something. And I just, I broke down. Um, and I said, I don't know what happened this morning on the way to work. It, you know, I guess over, was overcome with grief. And, mm -hmm. um, 
And um, I, I, you know, I heard the song. I'll tell you, I heard the song, and it was literally my son's father speaking to me. Like it was, oh, wow. it was words that he would be saying to me if he was alive. You mm. know, and um, and I'd never heard the song before, and I was just like, oh my goodness, like really today. Um, and so I went home that night, and. I was crying at home. My husband's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know what it is. Like it, it today is, it hit me hard today. It wasn't the anniversary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't father's day. It wasn't a holiday. It just hit me. And, um, and I was just, I just went into my room and my husband let me have my space and the kids let me have my space and, um, got my laptop out and I started writing mm-hmm. and, um, I just started writing and I called my son and I said, you know, T.Y. And I said, you know, I called him T.Y. I said, you know, our story needs to be told. We need to help you know, others, we need to help other kids. Um, we need to help other caregivers, you know, surviving caregivers. Um, and so I wrote my part. He wrote his part. He said, this is in one night. Mm. Okay. We, we wrote a children's book and he wrote his part and his part is the story of me telling him that night, um, Mm. of his father being big and strong and God needing him to clear the sky and move the clouds. Um, and so the epilogue in the back is, um, you know, my story for surviving caregivers on, you know, bring that greatest attribute out of your loved one and and share that with your, 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 you know, child, um, you know, cause religion is hard to understand at that age. So if, if, if your loved one was an amazing computer genius, well, there's technology in heaven, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, how, how does everything function? Right? Yeah. So you just, ha- you know, and, and like I said, that night it came to me. You have yeah. to pull that that most amazing attribute. My my son's father was the strongest, you know, man. And um, and um, you have to pull that attribute. And, and it, it, it helps children understand why he was needed. Okay, my dad has a job now. He was needed. Yeah. You know, and they make that makes him feel like so proud, you know, that he was chosen. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, the book was written that night. Um it's in the editing stage and um I hope to have it published really soon. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, 20 it's it's um I have to say that 20 years later, you know, through the eyes of a 5-year-old. With and- a and, and the inspiration came from a, a song. Yeah. From a moment. Yeah. So um, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah, and and and, and that song, boy. Huh?